mixing and matching whatever the prominent, you know, ingredients, culture, and, you know, the ingredients themselves tell a story within themselves. And it's about constantly exploring those pockets and those options. And that's that's literally, I think, one of the few, one of the storytelling mechanisms that we've got in place at Talking Drum. That's Michael Kay, the founder of Talking Drum, a West African dining experience designed through the modern lens. He joins us here on the Black Founders Podcast, hosted by Hoka, the house of Kurt Henderson. Hey, Michael. Welcome to the dinner table. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So today, we're going to dive deep into the life of Michael and how it has led to where you are. We'll talk about what fuels your passions and your journey up to date. Just before we explore the four challenges, which I'm sure you're excited for, which I'll explain in more detail before we start each one. But first, tell us about yourself and Talking Drum, your business. I mean, first and foremost, thank you again. Um, I mean, people like you are commended for what you guys do, um, shedding some light on entrepreneurs like myself. Thank you. And other people that have come on as well. So. Yes, um, as you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, I have diverse businesses in various fields from sourcing goods from China. Um, I have a Chinese warehouse, Chinese bank account, um, Chinese mobile number. Subsequently, I source from China as though I'm a Chinese national, right. as opposed to from Alibaba, thus passing on the savings to consumers in the UK. Um, I own one of the most premium salons in London for men. Uh, Talking Drum, which is an hospitality industry, which is a fine dining restaurant that a lot of people can't get enough of. I am aware that you are one of those people that can't get enough of what we're doing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Talking Drum is uh, a combination, the brainchild of um, of myself, actually. It was birthed out of the fact that I, I saw a niche in the market. Um, I, I understood that, you know, we as people of, you know, um, African descent, we've been in this country long enough, number one. Of course. Um, but number two, we are more British um, than we are um, African. Mm. As a result of that, um, when we go to some of these amazing restaurants like Pachinwa and Novokov and Hugh Tong, um, we love it, but we can't sometimes help but feel like something's missing. Um, so we, we thought, you know, we'll bring those concepts together, which is amazing interior design, amazing cocktail, but mm. most importantly, with West African ingredients, but with French culinary principles okay. and amazing customer service. And, you know, when you put all of those things together, the combination equates to Talking Drum. Um, and that, that's literally, you know, where, where Talking Drum stems from. Mm, incredible. And tell us about how you go about combining or curating drinks around cuisines. Um, what sort of flavours really bring out the, the taste of West Africa? I see you have the, the Shea and the Mansa cocktails, which sound super tasty. Yeah. No, they, they are. I mean, I, I dare you, I challenge you, run down there once we open. Of course. And swim as much as you can. Um, <laughs> One you more know, way. Do, do you know what? Intelligently, um, I, I noticed that hospitality is a particularly challenging industry. Um, mm. And it, it, it consumes and swallows a lot of entrepreneurs. And the mistake people make is that they bring consultants in when their business is struggling. What we did um, mm. on the flip side is that we brought consultants in in the beginning. So when people ask right. me about talking drama, about the cuisine, about the drinks, about the yeah. layout, it's a cognitive um, effort of consultants. Um, mm -hmm. So the drinks, for example, was written by um, Alchemists, um, which is one of the most amazing cocktail 
mm. bars in London. Yes. Um, smokes and fire, no one beats them when it comes to cocktails. So we were smart enough to reach out to our fellow brethren on the other side and say, yo, hey, guys, <laughs> come and save us before we need saving. Um, <laughs> you know, we brought in food consultants who understood the industry. They recommended um, our head chef, Victor Okinowo, who is, mm. you know, an amazing, amazing individual. Mm. He's created flair for mm. food. I mean, Amala Ravioli, for example, those of you that are akin to such terminologies, mm. it's, it's just, it's a crazy, you know, it's, a, it's an oxymoron, it's paradoxical to think yeah. about Amala Ravioli, for example, and this is the, you know, the best, the birth child of Victor and I, and I have the utmost respect for the team. Mm -hmm. And I only take glory for being the captain, but they are the ones scoring the goals. Incredible. And Victor is Nigerian born, if I'm right? Yes, 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 I believe. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And I mean, he was he was a master chef um, twenty twenty. Okay. So I think, yeah, that really definitely also helped, and he did exceptionally well. He came semi final. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that again, there were some things you can't buy. Um, and yeah. again, when you have a team that we have, you're, you're sure to win. Mm -hmm. And so you want your guests to experience the rich culture and history of Western Africa. How would you say your take on storytelling through food is so vastly different or in any way different to other restaurants? Um, I think because we are so rich in stories, I think when we think of Africa, sometimes we're naive to think about the big boys, the Nigerians, the Ghanaians, mm -hmm. um, the Congo. But there were so many different, you know, um, variables of um, Africa. And I think with TD, our menu isn't stringent in any shape or form. We gave Victor creative control from the perspective that we could always visit maybe Morocco this time. I mean, mm. we could visit, um, you know, just just literally mixing and matching whatever yeah. the prominent, you know, ingredients, culture, and, you know, the ingredients themselves tell a story within themselves. And it's about constantly exploring yeah. those pockets, um, those options. And that's that's literally, I think, one of the few, one of the storytelling mechanisms that we've got in place that we can draw. Hmm. I love the, the the fusion, how you talked about the use of ingredients in the food and drinks. It's, it's almost like it's transporting you to, to to that particular part of the world, Western Africa, and giving you a taste of, of all these incredible um, things to, to, to see and to taste. That's the intention. That's definitely the intention. Um, and then with, you know, with the style of, you know, finishing that we've gone for internally, yeah. it's you know it's it's a bit amazonic if, if i may use such mm -hmm. such terms the greenery um the plants the flowers and the ceiling it's mm -hmm. it's just showing you that you know we have style too um it's just not documented and now we're going to reveal mm -hmm. it to you guys and i know our listeners don't have visuals to go with this podcast but you can check talking drum online I was blown away by the visuals and the website is absolutely incredible. And that is coming from a designer. Um, so well done on that one. Let me even, you know, let me, let me urge the listeners further. I mean, I encourage you to go in. Um, sometimes online doesn't do it justice. So my encouragement is to come in as quickly as possible. We don't even mind if you just walk in and look and leave immediately, should you want to. Uh, we doubt you will leave immediately. But yeah, so rather than just online, I encourage you heavily, book a table, come in, Come and eat, come and experience it. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's important that you experience it. And so you're based in Old Kent Road, which is, for the listeners, South London, somewhere between Bermondsey yes. and Peckham. What made you pick this location over the other parts of London? 
No, great, great question, actually. Um, so we, we had three choices, um, Waterloo, Clapham and Oakett Road. And where we're situated okay. is literally on the number one Peckham Park Road and Oakett Road. So we're on the corner unit. If you are familiar with the geographical location or the demographics, most importantly, of Peckham, it's very, very rich in the African culture. Um, I grew up in Brixton. Brixton had a very strong Caribbean. Um, influence yeah. um, so much so I think I, I know more Vibes Cartel than I do I see why in day you know because <laughs> yeah, I grew up in that environment Peckham has a very strong African um, you know stronghold and we th- we felt going to Waterloo would mean that mm. we're encouraging people to you know get dressed up come to Central London and go back home we wanted it to be so authentic that it's actually on your doorstep um, and also mm. because I was tiring and I kind of had the foresight as, as an entrepreneur to understand that Central London is no longer the future. Think about yeah. what COVID has done to Central London. Yeah. People don't want to go too far anymore. Mm-hmm. They want amazing mm-hmm. food, amazing interior, on the doorsteps in their village. And we thought it would be best to, you know, Clapham is already saturated um, with bars and clubs, and you know, and also cost-wise, I think to the listeners, it's important that you shouldn't be ashamed to go to a place that hasn't been, you know, ex- exploited or yeah. explored you can put your flag down and not have to worry where other places are closing down because their leases are you know exuberant or rapacious you can still survive the downturn Mm -hmm. and Oak Kent Road Peckham Park Road made a lot of sense to us and the size of you know what we wanted to do I dare to say I think in South London we are the proprietors of one of the largest Mm -hmm. you know black owned restaurants Mm -hmm. and that's something to be proud of Um, but if we'd gone to Waterloo God knows how much we'd be paying right now I think we would have sold an organ by now (laughs) It's so important and I think that is so reflective on where you choose to situate a business because those leases can be extremely high as we've seen. Um, Like if anyone has tried to start a business or has even looked at property prices, it makes such a difference. Um, So I guess just to, to take it back a bit, what, what has, what led you to starting the business and how do you think Western African culture has seeped its way into London through food and do you think there was a turning point or do you think that turning point is still to come? Do you know what? It's 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 two things can be true at the same time. Um so I think the turning point, yes there was, and we still have more to turn. Um <laughs> the insurgence of Afrobeat. I, I grew up in an environment whereby mm. it wasn't popular to be African. Yeah. Um, and and truthfully I, I think I, I cultivated a habit of trying to learn patois just to survive oh, nice. um because everyone around me was that and you know you were you were marginalized and debased or you know deduced by people if you was african mm-hmm. um and then we had the insurgent of afrobeat and now we seem to be the center the nucleus of culture mm-hmm. um again you know it started in africa and now it's coming back to africa and understanding these trends is so important for entrepreneurs yes. um of every type because yeah. it means you can you can be ahead of the bunch and create systems, create apps, create concepts, create motifs um, to better engage with, you know, with the trends. And that's what we did with Talking Drum. We saw that people are more British than anything else. Yeah. Um, people want amazing interior design. People want amazing customer services. People want to taste food that they reckon with, that they recognize. Um, it's great going to Monkey House, but God knows I have no clue what 90% of the things on the menu are. Um, 
right? And now it's about time I can say, oh, that's okra. Okay, let me let me get some of that. Oh, that's that's founder. Oh, let me let me get and not that TD is any shape or form that way inclined because it's none of those things. Yeah. But the ingredients are part of what we do. You know what we incorporate in our cuisine. Yeah. And I think people really, really connect with that. So the insurgence is there, but I think we still have a long way to go. And obviously we'll see that through the cocktails that are on the menu and of course the dishes. Uh, I was looking at your menu and how you've gone about capturing yeah. all the 16 yeah. countries of West Africa, which I can't wait to taste. Um, like the soya calamari, to the goat courgette and the jollof rice. How yeah. do you go about selecting ingredients, the various ingredients um, from the 16 countries to bringing them to life through your menu and through the recipes that you're creating? I mean, from a marketing perspective, being a new, so Talking John is not, we're not new to hospitality, but the, the brand itself is new. Um, okay. We've made a lot of mistakes in the industry and we just thought to ourselves, from a marketing and branding perspective, it made a lot of sense, mm -hmm. um, you know, for it to be, give me a second. Um, yeah, so it made a lot of sense for it to be, um, you know, the, the, the 16 prominent countries that you, like mm -hmm. you detailed. And mm -hmm. we also went through, I think, two weeks of food tasting. Okay. Um, it's one thing for it to tell a story, but it's another thing for it to taste amazing. And what kind of people were tasting the food and what kind of feedback were they giving? So we, we brought in external um, individuals, people from various culture, people that were not even black. Um, okay. <laughs> and we also brought in some food consultants mm -hmm. um, and their job was just to give us feedback. But the thing is, regardless of what you look like, taste is something that's somewhat universal. Of when course. something is, looks good, tastes mm -hmm. good, you can't fault it. Mm -hmm. um, and we did that across two weeks and everybody gave a resounding orgasmic yeah. kind of approach to you know what they just tasted every bite you know created and caused you to want more it, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's euphoric if i'm honest with you first of all uh massive thanks for sharing your story about talking drum um it's so exciting and i literally cannot wait to get down to talking drum in may um, right now of recording this podcast it's the 14th of april so in about a month's time, I'll be popping down and to check out the food and the cocktails. It all sounds super exciting and incredibly delicious. But just before we move on to our next segment, could you tell us uh, uh, briefly about your other business, RBX London, which is your male grooming business? Yeah, I mean, happy, happy to do so. So with it's RXB London, which is razors and blades. Um, mm -hmm. That was birthed um, out of the fact that so, so what I do as an entrepreneur is I look at problems that my community faces um, or people that have the same affinity as yeah. me. Um, and I, I, again, I saw the trend that we, we're, we're making more money um, as people of color. And mm -hmm. um, we're also becoming more exposed. It's no longer justifiable that we have to sit in shabby barbershops with <laughs> poor conversation, mm -hmm. poor dialogue and extremely um, scanty customer service. Yeah. Um, and I, I looked at it and I said, you know what, I could create something better than this. I think it's one thing to complain about something. It's another thing to attempt to, you know, rectify it. And I'm right. obsessed with trying to rectify the wrongdoings um, within our culture. So I, I found a location mm -hmm. um, and, you know, my, my, my bread and butter is construction. So I build mm -hmm. houses for a living. I, I 
you know, have amazing skills when it comes to interior design and building. And so we built RxB London um, as a premium location for people of all kinds, or people of all echelon of life to get a haircut um, and not feel, um, not, not have to be subjected to loud noises, um, <laughs> disrespectful dialogues, conversations that are not, you know, befitting yeah. for such a business environment. And again, that became RxB, whereby we offer receptionist bookings, you don't have to come in and argue with someone about how long you've been in the queue, who came first. Um, mm. We don't play music, we, you know, the music is subtle and it's respectful. Um, BBC News is on 24-7, so you can catch up with the latest mm. for, um, you know, trading numbers. Mm -hmm. um, if you book an appointment and you are not in that chair, within the minute you book that appointment, your haircut is free. Oh, wow, they offer okay. you Heineken, Utah, mm -hmm. and juices and tea, hot chocolate. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a whole coffee machine system there. Mm -hmm. And none of the staff are allowed to have conversations with you that you don't want to have with them. <laughs> so it's, it's just like, <laughs> you know, because, I mean, I, I've seen a, a friend of mine went to a barbershop and, you know, he, yeah. he's, you know, his, his sexual preference is, diff is different. Um, and the bar, you know, was somehow disrespecting and cussing um, someone else's gender preferences, oh, not knowing that the gender preferences that they're cussing that is, is, is and he's extremely uncomfortable. And it's about removing that discomfort right. in the transaction. Too often in our community, create discomfort in, tra in transactions. And yeah. so by addressing that and creating an environment that makes you comfortable enough to return. And that's, yeah. that's RxB London. And mm -hmm. I encourage people to go there. And the barbers are amazing as well. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I can completely resonate with that, and I laugh because <laughs> all those situations that you've explained, I have personally been in, and I'm sure listeners have been in similar situations where we've been sitting in a chair for, I don't know, maybe up to three hours, and then someone will just walk yeah. in to the barbershop and <laughs> jump in the chair before us and just leaving us outraged. Um, there's no queue system or, or any structure around that, so... Yeah, that'll be the first place on my list. I'm going to to, to get a haircut. Um, but yeah, also, what part of, of London is RBX um, based in? It's, it's in um, Brixton. Um, so okay. it's, so we've, we've positioned it in between Brixton and Oval. So it's a stone throw away from um, the Oval Cricket Ground and a stone throw away from Brixton. Okay. RBX B London, SW9, 6 Bravo Hotel. Um, you know, I encourage you to check it out. And we, we come up quite high in the Google rankings anyway, so you can't miss us. Brilliant. Well, I'll be getting down there. Thank you. So, Michael, for our next segment, I want to know what you're passionate about and what movements you champion and support. What gets your heart racing outside and alongside your business? Well, businesses in your case. And whether you do that publicly or privately, but most importantly, where do you want to see change? I mean, those are really, really good questions, I think, that you presented to me. Um, various parts of you know that where i want to see change one particularly being mm -hmm. i think strongly the representation of people of color okay. um again due to the fact that i have the same affinity as these people mm -hmm. um we we you know i think we've been somehow underrepresented across the field um we've been mm -hmm. uh, marginalized we've been you know falsely misrepresented um so i'm really really big on that i champion that even through my social media um on instagram litmk feel free um i'm constantly i help people identify with people of color in powerful positions the fact that yeah. a lot of people don't know that the chief you know in position or the uh, the direct not the director but the 
um, operations lead or manager of um, John Lewis is actually a lovely black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so these, these mm-hmm. are things that that means a lot to me, helping people see representation in the right field. Yeah. I also champion um, a, I, 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 you know, I think soon to be a charity, um, but they are a not-for-profit organization at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's called, they are called We Are We, which champions women and we aligning, but most importantly, we educate society about yeah. the misfortunes and the, you know, Jabrels and the issues that women, on, you know, women experience on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. They address issues like period poverty, the fact that a lot of you know homeless women, and this is something I didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they said to me in the first presentation um, that when you see a homeless man or homeless woman, although they're both homeless, the woman experiences more, um, you know, issues. And I was like, I, I understand that, and I listed the issues, you know, that I thought mm-hmm. were sexual related, like sexual mm-hmm. abuse and. And they were like, do you know what, even in basic form, let's talk about period poverty. Some women do not have enough income yeah. um, to even buy tampon. And that that was a big shock to me. Um, yeah, and I, and I took a lot of very heavy interest in them since, and I still continue to do it till to, to, to the edge. Wow. And obviously, hearing these stories led you onto wanting to be a part of that journey. Um, but who was it that kind of opened up that insight or inspired you? From, from that standpoint? Um, it was definitely the conversations with the director of the charity itself. Um, yeah. I told you, you can check them out, wearewe.co.uk. Um, and yeah, it's conversations with her and just, you know, their, their infographics as well was so informative. Um, and I think that, still, that, that was mainly it. And it's, yeah. it's a no-brainer. Like, if you see fire, you, you know to either put it out or run. Right, and when right. they give you these statistics and these, you know, scenarios, it becomes really real to you um, and you feel undone by yourself <laughs> to not do something about it well Michael thanks so much for sharing an incredible and powerful message with us and I'm sure all of you listeners can definitely learn something from this and get behind the charity as well thanks for educating us here today and for passing on that information if all interviews were like this, trust me, I'd be in every day. <laughs> <laughs> so for our first challenge, you'll be exploring your multitasking skills, answering some questions that I have prepared okay. for you whilst playing T-Rex Runner. The longer you stay alive for over a minute, jumping over cactuses is the more points you'll get there's three rounds with a maximum of 15 points so that's five points per round are you ready to get started all right so for the first question so how did you and your head chef victor meet and was there chemistry from the get-go <laughs> you know what? That was that's, that, that. This is a very good challenge, I must say. Um, for those of you that don't know, I've actually just lost. So yeah, we'll go again. Um, <laughs> Feel free to jump again. Y- yeah, you ready? Yeah, go go go. Okay, let's go. So uh, me and Victor, we met through our in-house food consultant. Um, she literally was responsible for coordinating. <laughs> Um, you know, the task of getting us 
um, someone that was suited to the direction that TD wanted to take. Um, so she recommended a list of people and Victor was one of them. So me and Victor sat down and he was already contracted to another company um, and we discussed the possibility of working together and he said he would have to get back to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I left him, didn't reply and didn't say nothing to him. And he came back to us, I think, three weeks later and said, listen, guys, if you guys are serious, let's establish something. Mm-hmm. We went out for a drink because mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes it's a bit, you know, pedantic and repetitive um, saying to someone, why do you want this job? We all know yeah. why someone wants the job. They've yeah. got bills to pay. Um, <laughs> so we went, out, we went out for a drink instead and um, just discussed some of our plans, our precepts, concepts, what we believe. Uh, making sure there's synergy because synergy is so important when it comes to making money mm-hmm. um, especially because there's going to be more trying times ahead than there's going to be good um, you know good times um, and we did that and it was flame on from there mm-hmm. and we literally opened up the books and began you know you know I mean we even renovated TD and built a whole new kitchen for, you know just to accommodate mm-hmm. um, the concepts that we discussed so yeah it was synergy immediately and you know it's I think you can tell yeah um, when a business mm-hmm. has its, you know, its thing together. And I think we do. Incredible. <laughs> well, fantastic answer. And it's so interesting to see how you and Victor, the head chef, um, came together on this beautiful journey. Um, well done on the challenge. Your highest score I see is 580. But <laughs> when you first answered the question before your second go, you got 375. So that gives you a total of two points for that question. <laughs> so, oh, are you ready for the second question? I was born ready. Just let yourself die. There so, go. what was the most challenging experience setting up the business? Um, do you know what? So, hospitality is one of those industries that's very consumptive. Um, when you think about opening up a restaurant, and to those of you that are listening, that you understand hospitality quite well, and you have a retail space, it's extremely costly. Um, and when you don't have the backing of a financial institution like the bank, because the thing is this, Jamie Oliver can go to the bank and say, hi, I want to do another burger joint, and yeah. they will honor it. Right. Not simply because of Jamie Oliver, but the cuisines are recognizable. Yeah. When you go to the bank and you say you want to do something that we're trying to do, it's mm. so... It's, still, it's never been done before. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, how do you say to the bank manager, um, our business plan is Amala Ravioli? Uh, <laughs> first and foremost, what is an Amala? Um, and, you know, what is this Scotch bonnet that you speak of? You know, so I think that in itself was a major challenge. Um, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs will face that. Hospitality is not easy. Um, it can cost you upwards of millions to actually get the interior right. design right. Okay. Um, and that's one of the challenges I would say, definitely finances. Mm. Um, another one is if you don't know nothing about the hospitality industry my advice yeah. to you is do not go into it um, hospitality industry or businesses that work tends to involve people who understand the numbers who understand the business right. and somebody else who understands the kitchen if okay. you make the mistake of just thinking I'm just going to open up a restaurant and it will work you will pay the price heavily mm. um, so always get someone who understands the kitchen and get someone who understands the business and that way okay. you can make yourself proud and the business itself can do wonders well fantastic answer i was mesmerized by your game skills your multitasking there <laughs> i've got to visit against you now because you said you gave me two points in the last round so it's only right that i get them this time uh 
I love the advice in regards to someone who understands the business and someone who understands the kitchen as two separate entities. Uh, also, when you talked about loan through recognition is what I want to call it. Um, it's, it's homogenous, really, like um, yes. knowing someone or, or, or knowing the cuisine, you're more likely to, to get a yeah, here's my money. Um, it's also very similar in the startup oh. space um, that I've experienced and my co-founders as well. And I'm sure many others. Um, but yeah, uh, are you ready for the third and final question? I'm ready when you are, Kurt. All right. Why do you think it's so important for your customers to get a taste of West African food? Um, I think it, it, it's important because I'm a strong believer that the same way we travel to reduce xenophobia, mm-hmm. it's the same reason we ought to experience other people's cuisines and other people's mm-hmm. culture. And the best way to get to anyone's heart is through their stomach. Um, so I think it is imperative that in order for us to be less intimidated and less frightened of each other Mm -hmm. let's sit down let's eat but most importantly let's let's explore adventure should be at the forefront of everything we do as human beings we got this far as humans by exploring so that's that's you know the the answer in in a nutshell because i discovered that if i answer this questions easily i might get more (laughs) points so I see you're still going, so... Yes, I've won this one now. I think I've got five points now. Yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you get the full five points for that one. Yay! It's also close-knit trees there. Oh, and you managed to, <laughs> to jump and navigate <laughs> at the same time. Oh, mate, I had to. Um, yeah, completely agree in regards to educating yourself about cultures through food. It's just the it's just the one thing we want to do is consume things because you know we all get hungry, right? Um, and you know we're always curious to explore what's across the seas and across the land. So why not give people the opportunity to explore uh, a new culture and cuisine, right? Um, very powerful, very powerful. So you get the full five points for that question. So Yay. that takes you to a total of eleven points out of fifteen for that round. Congrats. I'm proud. I'm proud. Not that bad. Not that bad. Who's got, has anyone ever gotten 15 before? What's their name? What's their number? I need to go and train. <laughs> Hyperbolic time chamber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So, for our second challenge, it's the presentation round, where you have to pitch a new startup idea curated by me. We'll go for the problem the solution and the business model, all within a few slides. Now, as you know, you haven't seen any of these slides that you'll be presenting, um, but this is a good test of your pitching skills. So I hope you're ready. <laughs> you'll be able to earn up to a maximum of 15 points. So that's five points for your confidence, five for believability, and five for how well you answer the questions. And for okay. all you listeners, you can find the visual slides on my website. That's kurthenderson.com slash podcast. So, Michael, are you ready to take the stage? Do you know what? I, I'm not because I've never had to pitch before, but let's go. <laughs> this is, this is time I'm pitching for funding. Let's, let's go. Let's get this money. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to our next guest pitcher of the Startup Pitches Awards 2021, Michael Kay. 
Michael K in the building. Whoop, 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 whoop. Let's go. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, first and foremost, thank you so, so much for your attention on this wonderful day. Um, we have one of the most innovative um, concepts that I think is going to change the industry um, for the next, I, I mean, for the foreseeable future. We understand how important VAR has been to the sports industry. It has been the definitive, you know, decisive, um, you know, technology that's being used right now to decide the futures of games. And the long lasting impact of that is so far reaching. We've used that same technology, that same concept. Even most importantly, we've used some of the codes in partnership with the original creators of VAR. And we've worked together with them to create what we call VAR CAR, which is VAR car. Allow me to give you a bit more information about it. So the way VAR works is it's guaranteed um, to mitigate and remove a lot of existing problems. How often do we see ourselves, you know, getting cussed out in traffic for something that not even probably wasn't our fault? We have issues whereby, you know, we're missing out on opportunities um, to learn from our mistake. Um, and whenever we miss out as, 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 as humanity or as human beings to learn from our mistakes, when, when, whenever we're not collating data about our mistakes, how do we develop? How do we grow? How do we make things better? But most importantly, with this VAR, CAR, it makes it harder to convince your insurers literally when they don't have the full picture. So simply put, how many times have you been in an accident you know is not your fault, but you wish you had some form of technology beyond a, you know, a video camera? In, in the court of law, they say mm -hmm. a video never lies. But we're going a step further now to say VAR, CAR, never lies. It's 100% you know, um, problem solving. It's literally saved the insurance company that we've done a test beta version with. It saved their claims um, I think last time we checked, it was at literally 13%. And when you look at those numbers, you might not think 13% is a lot, but it impacts 13% of literally a loss of 1 billion every single year. I think we are onto something here. Um, let, let, me, let, me, let me help you, for example, so you can meet um, Musa, for example. This is a case study that we discovered. Um, Musa was driving um, from a friend's house, um, as, as he likes to call it, my boy's house. Um, when he was suddenly um, undertaken by, um, just before a roundabout, by a you know lunatic driver. We've all seen those drivers. But even most importantly, let's not call them lunatics. Someone in a rush. We've all been in you know in a situation where somebody is more in a rush to get to the destination than we are. He quickly rounded down his windows to cuss um, you know out Musa using words like explicits that we will not say. Beep 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 beep. Um, Musa um, was shocked, um, but wasn't sure um, whether it was his fault or not. He drove the rest of the way fuming, and he was frustrated, hoping that there was some form of mediator. And that's what we are. We are trying to be the bridge between car owners, the road, and the insurance company. And I think if we can do this, there's endless, you know, needs for VAR. Even more, we can think about, you know, airports. You know, how do people don't understand there's at least, um, you know, I think the statistics when we checked it was 33% near misses at airport. And this was just a study done in Heathrow Airport alone. So with VAR, we can actually expand this case study and see how we can help them as well. Um, okay, so the solution with VAR is that we install a dash cam that records and uploads in real-time footage. 
um, you know, for VAR car pros um, around the world to make the final call on who the real idiot is. And we've been also able to integrate our systems um, with the police database, actually, that allows the insurance company of the quote-unquote real idiot to be notified of, you know, the driving behavior. So in small words, VAR is a step forward from the metric boxes that we install in vehicles for insurance. So as you can see, whenever you try to make an insurance for your car, there were choices where they could put a metric box that checks the time you drive, where you drive, your speeding and your braking points. We are going a step further with that by installing VAR. Um, the market value, um, you know, valuation is four billion for UK dash cams. Drivers and cab drivers is three million. Just think about the endless possibility and how the product works is literally that both drivers and it's a simple camera, it's not intrusive, it, it doesn't cause blind spots, because what we've noticed that more accidents have been caused um, because of dash cams. Our cameras are non-intrusive, they are tiny, installed, and it's wire-free. But most importantly, it's recording in real time, and all the cars have it, and even more so, we have satellites, um, like the drone systems that the military use, that also sees from above. We have all the corners covered. So, um, sorry, Mr. Michael, um, I'm just an investor from um, Car um, Video Pro. It's my other company I invested in uh, a number of years ago. Um, could you oh, just tell us... Amazing company, by the way. Oh, incredible, incredible. Um, could you just tell us how uh, your, uh, I don't know what you call it, your VAR Car Pro assistants actually um, go through the whole process of trying to validate whether whose fault it was in a particular incident. How, how does that process look? An amazing question that you just asked. So we have, if you're familiar with the ombudsman, and they are, they recruit a bunch of adjudicators who have been specifically trained. So it doesn't just go to someone in their house. These are particularly well-trained adjudicators who mm. understand traffic laws, who are well, well, well learned. And we have a plethora of them. We have at least a thousand people in our beta testing, and we hope to expand it even more. We do a DBS check on them. We make sure that they have no drink driving convictions. We make sure they are sound of mind. And you know, there's so much rigorous testing that we go through. And they are one of the five people who will be making the decisions. And they're also insurance approved. Um, and we've, we've gone above and beyond just to make this work actually. Um, and that's the safeguarding of this. We have the patent to be able to have them review and make the decision. And it's been approved by eight of the 50 insurance companies. And I think we're in talks with another body um, within the next um, you know, two days. And we have a letter of intent from Aviva. And Aviva is one of the largest group um, of insurance with so many subsidiaries underneath them. Um, but again, these are still tentative, but we are hopeful. Um, excuse me, uh, Mr. Michael. Uh, I was just uh, wondering uh, if people have these dash cams in their car, um, would that only doesn't that defeat the purpose of having the dash cams in the first place? Like, because then you are not going to speed, you are not going to cause um, any uh, incidents on the road. I mean, okay, so just to help you. It, it, okay, so, parlez vous français? Ah, oui. Ah, muy bien. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, and as they say in France, you know, save a child, save a life, save the world, you know? Ah, oui, yeah. Oui, oui. Thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, just to bring it home for you guys, as, as, you know, as our partners, we don't like the word investors because 
it, it's a journey for all of us. Of course, you're all going to be rich from this. Um, but we, we think it's, calling you investors just, you know, it just trivializes what you're doing here. This is not investing, you're saving lives. Um, so lifesavers or lifeguards, I'd like to call you guys. Um, the business module here is that customers pay an annual subscription to have these live dash cams. Um, we take a majority of the commission and pay the VAR staff. We are literally the Uber of the safety world. Um, and, and, you know, you know, we've got five, we anticipate that we will, right now um, we've got 1 million users signed up and active users is actually one of the highest uh, in the app, um, app world. We have 86% um, active users. We're clearly doing something right. Um, and these are primarily paying users. And we anticipate in the next five years, we should be able to move, move over to, you know, five, so in the next three years, we anticipate moving over to five million. But with your help today, we dare to say, these are statistics that we have without your help. Can you imagine how, what those numbers would look like should you decide to be a lifeguard with us and mm -hmm. save the world? Um, but most importantly, get rich while saving the world. Isn't, isn't that why we all got involved in business in the first place? Save the world and make a lot of money mm -hmm. too. Um, Mr. Michael, I have a question. Yes, um, now, I've, I've seen a few of these startups coming or and going over the few years. Mm. Um, can you just tell me what your customers are, are saying about the product? Um, like, what, what's the validation from their own mouth? We, we have a list of, you know, um, videos, testimonials, um, but that's, that's just, anyone can do that. In this day and age, things are so fictitious. We could pay Forbes right now and they would write an article about us. I mean, Forbes mm. between me and you is no longer. Last week, I think they said you were worth one billion when I, we've clearly won, I'm about to ask you for one billion. So, um, <laughs> you know, so I think, I think for, for us, it's more important for you to meet these users. And we've got 10 users backstage um, at the end when we're having the refreshments and some nice hors d'oeuvres. And I know you like Birth Co because I did my research on you. Um, <laughs> also, you can Birth Co and just having discussions. We don't need you to sign anything just yet. We just want to have these discussions about it. But also, we're open-minded to see where are the loopholes. We don't just want your money. We want your knowledge. We want your expertise. You mm. guys, are, you're here because we respect, you know, your capacity in the industry. You're not just investors, you're lifeguards. But most importantly, you guys are captains that have been able to help companies, behemoths, grow and navigate through the tides. We need that. So we've definitely got testimonials. We've got people on hand to, you know, speak to you. But most importantly, we need you to help us move just from just testimonial to life-changing. And just out of interest, just how much are you raising now? Because this sounds like a really good proposition. And, and personally, um, I'm actually very keen on investing. And my name's um, Thomas. Um, I'm from um, um, Dashcam Capital. Uh, we invested in two other Dashcam products in the last two years. Amazing. Um, so yeah, just tell me how much you're raising. Do you know what, Thomas? Th thank you so much. Um, for asking that question. So at, at the moment, um, we're looking to raise um, for the first seed. This is actually our first seed. I did say to you in the beginning, we've gotten this far with 1 million active users. I'm sorry, 83% um, active users from 1 million. We've gone this far with our own funding um, and just, you know, with a skeleton team. Now we're looking for our first raise at approximately 15 million first seed. And you might think to yourself, okay, um, your damage will value the company itself. Uh, because we're charging the users £60 um, per calendar month, we're valuing the company at um, £600 million. And yeah, we, 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 we are very, very much valuing the company at that um, because we're confident, we're, you know. And we're literally on the verge of discussing with Uber to see how we can quickly roll this out amongst all their vehicles. Wow. Then we put Amazon Freight. A lot of people don't even know about Amazon Freight. And we're having conversations with them, 
you know, and you know, just just to be able to deal with that. And then think about drone. Guys, it's it's an endless possibility. Think about the ambulance on their way to go and save a life. We're already saving a life. And then with, with, with drone deliveries, guys, I could be here all day telling, and, and I trust that I'm in a room with intellectuals. And I know you guys have really seen things that we haven't seen. And that's what we're in for. Yeah, 100 million, we need to save a life, save the world, but most importantly, be a lifeguard and get rich doing so. This is Baywatch. And I think, you know, it's time for you guys to, you know, to be the man now. Well, Michael, I think that's all the questions that we have for day, um, today. Thank you so much for your pitch. Um, and if anyone of you want to contact Michael after the show, you can contact him on Michael at farcar.io. Um, thank you so much, Michael, for being on the show today. Thank you. You are a explicit, explicit, explicit. <laughs> what? No, you are something else. That was very, very interesting. Oh, blanking it, boy. <laughs> Amazon logistics valuation. I was like, Damn. <laughs> I was literally mind blown by some of the things that you've come out with there. <laughs> but in all honesty, it was incredible um, <laughs> the way you went about presenting it. So first of all, some of the points I wrote down, uh, you just had me cracking up, um, was that you avoided the cuss words in the in the first part, although they weren't actually cuss words. Um, <laughs> but I know it probably would have rolled off the target as if it were a cuss word. <laughs> um, I love the way you threw statistics in there and, and, and um, percentages. So you like said 33% near misses at aircrafts, uh, airports. Um, you also talked about the police database and how you're connected to that. I thought that was really cool. Um, the validation checks, love that. And you talked about the insurance company working in for but um, you said 80% active users, but you also said 83% later on in, in the um, later on in the presentation. So I'm not sure. Yeah, you, 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 you know, you can get away with saying 83% and 80 because you can just round it down. We're just <laughs> humble in our company. We're very humble here. <laughs> so true. I love the <laughs> um, the French part. Because <laughs> your response was muy bien, which was Spanish. <laughs> you get the point, yeah? <laughs> I loved it. Um, and you talked about you got like 10 users backstage and you're also doing an Uber rollout on Amazon Flight or Fright, I think you said. Right, Amazon Fright, which is actually a real company, Amazon Fright. Okay, I'll check them out. And the drones you talked about, um, and then you went on to talk about how much you're raising. So I can't award you any less than the total 15 points for that. I think Thank it was so absolutely much. flawless. Um, I think you did a fantastic job, um, and you presented it with real energy and passion, like you, you know, curated that presentation yourself. Um, <laughs> so congrats to that. Um, so yeah. 15 points straight up, five points of believability, five points of confidence, five points of answering the question. Um, so that takes us onto our third challenge. You have to per perform a fake product ad as we don't actually have a sponsor yet. Um, these concepts, ideas were inspired by the bored Elon Musk parody Twitter account and then turned into advert scripts. Um, you'll be awarded two points just based on effort. Um, so here is the tweet that you will be reading today. 
a news app that connects to blood pressure monitors and adjusts your feed accordingly. Wow. Okay. <laughs> There's so much going on here. I'm just like, guys, whatever you do, don't come on Kurt's show. Trust me. <laughs> do not come on this show. They didn't warn me about this. <laughs> I thought Tyler would give you a heads up. She did not. I'm, I'm going to strike her. I promise. I promise this, we might need to find a new one because she just said, oh, she's going to ask you about charity. Be ready. I was like, okay. <laughs> All right, let's go. And now to hear from one of our sponsors. Ah, these tweets are stressing me out. I've seen just about enough of this and that. Introducing Social Blood Press by BEM, the new wearable watch that adjusts your social media feeds according to your blood pressure levels and shows you more positive content. Oh wow, Kanye donated? Does that, that much to support pet homes? Wow. Terms and conditions apply. So for our fourth and final round, is it wrong or is it right? You'll simply have to guess three true or false questions with the opportunity to earn a maximum of six points. So that's two points per question. Okay. Are you feeling ready? I was born ready. Okay. So your first question of the day is Amanda Gorman. Age 22 is the youngest inaugural poet in US history. True or false? Um, true. Yeah, absolutely correct. Amanda yeah. Gorman, who is who beautifully read her poem at, to the world at Joe Biden's inauguration, is the youngest ever to do so. So you get two points for that. For getting yeah. that right. Second question. Oh, by, UK by the way, rapper. if we answer that question, ask the question. Interesting fact about her, she's also declined 17 million pounds, 17 million dollars in deals since the inauguration. Wow. Yeah. Does it say why? I haven't read that deeply into it yet, but that's that's interesting. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm that much of an integral person to decline. I, I would say yes. I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> later, but I think I need about 17 million pounds right about now. I could do that. I could, I could, I could. And I'll buy the listeners Nando's, yeah? So all of you guys, you get a Nando's, you get a Nando's, you get a Nando's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for our second question, UK rapper Stormzy is worth over 20 million. True or false? Mm, 20 million? In pounds? Pounds. I'll say true. Stormzy is worth 25 million. Amazing. Network. So congrats, another two points. Why are you racking up these points today? I'll tell you that. These are easy wow. points. Mm-mm. And I want to know what's the highest point someone's got on the show, because I think I'm about to be the new world champion on oh, the show. Very confident. I like yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> and for our final question of the, of the final challenge, Khalees, who sang the song I Hate You So Much right, right now, now, I hate you, is now a chef. True or false? <sighs> Khalees. 
Because you know what? Because Khalees is crazy, so anything's possible with her. Uh, oh, you're not googling that at the same time. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm thinking to. I'm tempted to. Uh, <laughs> she's now a chef. Do you know what? No, knowing how systematic you can be, I'm, I'm guessing you're, you're not the type to do true, false, false, false. You're either going to be lazy and just go for, for just straight true. So let me let me just take a risk. I'm going to say true. <laughs> you're right. I'm going to call your bluff. I'm going to say true. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you said it was the easiest question, so I'm just thinking, if this is supposed to be an easy round... I'm sure you've made it very easy. I'm thinking like, oh, it's probably about true because you're you're very big on inf- informing people and educating people. So I, I'm guessing that's true. Yes, mm, that's a very interesting way of looking at it. Very interesting way of looking at it. Thank you. Should have made those ones a bit harder then. And you should have actually. Yeah, you really should have. <laughs> well, first of all, congratulations! You got six round six points in total for the true or false questions. Perfect. We'll calculate my points so you don't cheat me. Yep, six. <laughs> You got two points for the advert script. Okay. You got 15 points for the presentation round. So that's the full 15 for that round. Yep. And for... Um, the, and, the first... Sorry. The T-Rex. Uh, you got, you got um, 11. You sure it wasn't 12? 11 is 11. Well, I think I deserve one for the charisma. Honestly, I'm thinking 12. Mm-mm. Okay, Mm-mm. 11 it is. 11 it is. <laughs> 11 it is. <laughs> so what does that take you to then? It takes me to 34. Smashed it. 34 out of 40. I'm not happy. I'm really not happy about that. But you got the highest yes. out of everyone. Yes. So congratulations. Yes. <laughs> everyone in the show know my name. Michael K, L I T E M K on Instagram is the champion of the Kurt Henderson show. Yes. yes. <laughs> I want to call my mom and tell her that I am literally the world champion right now. <laughs> that is enough to go in the CV, I think. If, if, I mean, if I show you the plaques on the wall and all the, you know, the certificates, oh, I'm going to make one in Photoshop on your behalf. <laughs> Watch my Instagram. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. That's dedication right there. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been it's actually been a fun afternoon. I thought it was gonna be the typical mundane, you know. Tell us why you started business. Tell us, but you definitely mm. you've got the blood pumping again. Thank you so much. Anytime. And just to end on that, actually, was there any like tips um that you wanted to leave our listeners today um, that you wish you knew earlier in your business life or in your personal life? Do you know what? I think the first one is that please, please don't be discouraged. Sometimes your nemesis or the people that will, you know, deduce or remove you from your dreams or your goals or your ambitions are going to be people closest to you. Um, You have to learn to trailblaze in the absence of encouragement, in the absence of support. Um, And that's why we put trailblazers. Um, Seldom are there anyone behind you. It's often you and your shadow. So my advice to you is don't give up. Don't tire. Keep going. And the journey is not an easy one. Entrepreneurship um, as as a means, um, it's about finding solutions to problems and we are heavily rewarded because we found a solution to the problems. So the more problems you find, the more solutions you find, the more success you have underneath you. And it's a weave and bob kind of dynamics. You have to keep weaving and bobbing, but most importantly, keep moving. And, and I see you at the podium, see you at the finish line. And we are all proud of each other. 
for the sheer fact that we dare to step out and do something different. Beautiful. That's a poem in itself. I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Michael. The Hawker Podcast, the Black Founder Series, and we look forward to tasting the amazing and incredible dishes of West Africa at the Talking Drum. We'll be following your journey. Stay tuned. <laughs>